So, so good. Yeah. All right. I started last week, and uh, we were talking about, you know, what, 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 what on earth is going on? You know, there's just so much calamity. There's so many things happening in, in the world right now. So many different voices, some positive, some negative. And um, we, we're watching different things being mediated, whether it be news outlets or whether it's things on social media that's now getting vetted and, you know, what is real, what isn't real, what's fake news, what, you know, what, what fits with the narrative. And, uh, and all kinds of conspiracies are thriving at the moment. So, you know, it, it really important for us just to take a step back because we can get so fixated with what's going on, like right in front of us, that we lose the perspective of the bigger picture. And so really helpful for us at times just to say, hang on, wait a minute. What is God on about? And remembering, of course, that he is in the long game. And he's not just doing the sprint. He's doing the ultra marathon, like eternity. <laughs> you know, and, and um, my dad often would, would challenge us, and he would say, you know, a hundred million years from now, this little thing that you're going through, what's it going to matter? What's it, what's it going to look like in the context of a hundred million years. You know, eternity is way longer than, than just what we're going through in this year. You know, we've been in, under lockdown for a hundred and plenty days. And, you know, we, we're really struggling with these things. We think, are we ever going to shift and change, you know? And is this all that it's about? It's kind of like, whoa, just relax. Take a deep breath. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and to give you a higher perspective. The scriptures say that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. So let's just come up higher and let's begin to take a bigger look at things because it might put what we think is a massive Everest which is in front of us, is going to put it in a different perspective. We're suddenly going to see, oh, hang on, wait a minute. It's actually just a molehill. You know, it's not as big a deal as we thought it was because our perspective changes, right? So what's going on in the world right now? There's a, there's a rise and fall of nations, okay? We looked at this last week. We see that there's acceleration of these things that are taking place in this world. And again, this week we just saw one nation just hit out of the blue and, uh, and just crazy, crazy devastation. Uh, and that's not the kind of thing that we were actually hoping for, but we're just recognizing there's a shaking that's taking place. All right? And um, I, I, I don't want to get into the whole, uh, you know, political thing and, you know, whether Israel and those who are for Israel and those who curse Israel. I, I, I don't want to get into that. But, I, you know, I, I just wonder... If, if there's certain things, that um, doorways, that allow um, acts of devastation to occur where there are continued paths of unrighteousness um, that, that are taken. I, I, I just wonder about those things. I don't want to get into that in a big way right now. But just to recognize that the Lord has been saying to us, 
he's going to cause a shaking. So there will be the rise and there will be the fall of nations. And there's an acceleration that's taking place in this time. We also recognize that there's a whole lot of transition that's taking place. So we see that there is the removing of certain people from positions of power. And my goodness, even in our own nation, we're going to see this taking place. All right? And so we're seeing people having to step aside from positions of authority and of power uh, in, in a moment because things are being exposed and things are being dealt with. All right? So we're watching some shaking taking place. But behind it all, it's about the advance of the kingdom. All right? We want righteousness and integrity to come to the fore, and we want the, the acts and the deeds of unrighteousness okay, to be moved out of the way so that righteousness can actually rise. Okay? We also see that there's a resetting of world economies. So, uh, so things are shifting and changing in a major way, and we also know that there's the restoring of God's prophetic words and His promises to us. So just a, a, a recap of the scripture we looked at last week in Hebrews. So Hebrews 12 says, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Next slide, if we can go on to there, please. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Now therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And so we've noted that God is shaking things. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. Maybe we should write a song about that. Um, but in this, this shaking, there's this contrast between the things that can be shaken and also the things that won't be shaken. And so God's throne, God's kingdom, is not the thing that's going to be shaken. All right? God doesn't wake up on Monday morning to you know, look at the newspaper to see like what's going on and, and, oh, my goodness, I didn't see that. And, and suddenly gets all, you know, shaken and, 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 and maybe even falls off the throne. No. God is never taken by surprise. His throne is an eternal throne, and it is secure forever. God is not shaken. He's not moved. He doesn't get panicked. He's the God of hope. He's the God of peace. You know, He's the everlasting God. All right? And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. So he's not going to get shaken. His throne is not going to be, be shaken. Right? His word endures forever. His word is not going to be shaken. So we don't suddenly reinterpret the word because circumstances have changed. 
Okay, we know this. So we've, we've been holding on to this for, for so long. We've been teaching, and, you know, and it's great for us to, to actually have the antidote before all the shaking happens, all right? But when a shaking does happen, okay, reach for the antidote. And the antidote is the word, because if we hold on to the word the way it should be, we're not going to be shaken, because the word is not going to be shaken, all right? And uh, as God's children, we're not going to be shaken. Why? Because we're held in the palm of his hand. None can pluck you from my hand, God says. So we are secure. We're okay. We are receiving an unshakable kingdom. All right. It says in, in Hebrews 12, we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. We are receiving. It is a process God is giving. It's in the process of happening. He's giving it to us. So we don't have to do it through our muscles and our strength and, and our conniving. We receive it through what God is doing and what he's saying to us. And we recognize that it's a process. So it's in the process of being established here on the earth. All right? It's gradually increasing. It's like that mustard seed starts off small, but it grows into this massive tree that creates a whole heap of shade. It's growing. Um, in, in the coming weeks, I, I hope, you know, there are just so many things I want to preach and teach about, but we're limited by time. You know, I wish we could actually be in the building together and I could have a really nice long sermon, like preach at you for an hour. But I know when you're at home, you're just kind of like, you know what, hey, I'm off to go make coffee, and then you, you dial out and then that's done. And so we've got to keep these messages a little bit shorter and sharper uh, because of data issues and attention issues and all these kinds of things. But there's so many things I want to get to. And one of the things I want to get to is this thing of Daniel and his understanding prophetically because God revealed it to him in terms of the kingdom. And the kingdom is going to grow and grow and take over the whole place. Okay, I've got a couple of amens in the studio. This is really nice. Thank you, guys. Okay, where have you been for the last few months? All right. And so we, we recognize that the kingdom is increasing and it's expanding. All right, it's a growing thing. It starts off small, but it continues to expand. And, and so like yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Jesus gave so many parables that we might understand what it is about the kingdom. You know, and, and, and so it's going to increase and it's going to expand and it's going to work through the whole dough and it's here to take over. And, you know, we, we're not trying to, you know, just hang in by our fingernails, you know, until Jesus comes and gets us out of here. No, we're here to stay and we're here to take over. And Jesus gave us so many scriptures and parables and teachings and instruction. It absolutely blows my brain how people get it so backward. People have got more faith in the devil than they've got in God. And it, I'm, I'm getting distraught at how people get so taken up with what the enemy is doing as though the enemy was winning. And so what I want to talk about this morning, if I can actually get there, is, is the fact that, that we're on the winning side, that the kingdom is advancing and it's increasing and it's growing, and this is part of God's plan and His purpose, that God wants to be the victor. He is the victor. He wants us to recognize and understand that we're on the victorious side, 
that we're winning and we're going to keep on winning. And the enemy is losing and is going to keep on losing. And, I, and so I'm going to give us a bunch of scriptures this morning. I'm just going to start with a number of scriptures from the Old Testament this morning and come back next week and I'm then going to start moving into some of the scriptures from the New Testament. And then if we don't get that, I'm going to come back at you again. All right. But I really, I think it's so important for us to get this. Because in the times of shaking, people grab onto bits and pieces that are actually meant to be shaken loose and removed. And they want to hold on to these things. It's kind of like, Nyet, get rid of those things. Stinking thinking has got to go. We need kingdom thinking. All right? And we need proper kingdom thinking. And so uh, I want us to just have, have a, a bit of a, an overarching view of the scriptures as to why it is that the kingdom is going to win. All right? Now, I don't know about you, but I actually enjoy to be on the winning side. And even if you are cheering and shouting for the underdog, you're cheering for the underdog because you want the underdog to win. Come on. You don't cheer for the underdog because you want them to lose, right? God has put something inside of us that we would overcome, that we would win, we would be victorious, all right? And there are ways to do it, obviously. There's, there's kingdom attitudes with that, all right? So we're not doing it at all costs and, and any of that kind of underhanded stuff, all right? But the thing is that there should be, an, there should be a rising up. There should be a, 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 a spirit of excellence and of victory and of triumph that we should identify with what God's plan and purpose is for us as his people, and we should go after that. So I just want us to have a look at a few scriptures together. All right, I want us to have a look at a lot of scripture together. Okay, so um, would you turn with me? to Deuteronomy um, chapter 31. And uh, if you just give me a couple of moments to get there, I'm firing it up. But here's, here we're going to see a very similar scripture to what we saw when um, Joshua had an encounter with the Lord and, um, and God was speaking to him about what he should do to um, take the people and to step across over the Jordan and step into the promised land, all right? I, I want us to tie what we're covering today with where we were a couple of weeks ago, that we are crossing over. Well, what are we crossing over to? We're not crossing over to defeat. We're crossing over to victory. And so here we go in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. Who's crossing over ahead? God. God is leading us in this transition. He's crossing over ahead of us. He will destroy these nations before you. Who's going to destroy the nations? God is going to destroy the nations. And you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you. As the Lord said, and the Lord will do to them what he did to Shehon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. 
man, I'd love to come and do a little bit of an exercise of these two kings and what was going on, maybe in the coming weeks. You know, if the lockdown lasts a long time, I'll have extra time to preach at you guys. But it's just amazing. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let me interrupt myself here. Okay, it's all your fault. These kings were giants. They were giants. Uh, we have to come back in a couple of weeks' time. Because the, here's the crazy thing. They had already taken out two giants before the spies went in and said, Oh my goodness, the land is filled with giants. We can't take this. They had forgotten that God had already helped them to take down two giants. <laughs> Their beds were 13 feet long. This is a, this is a, I mean, goodness. How big is your bed? Yeah? Probably six feet. All right? They found traces. These guys' beds, 13 feet. That's how long these kings, their beds were. These are giants. And God had caused them to take these giants out before they went to go and spy the promised land. They already had experience at taking down giants. Oh, my goodness. All right. The Lord will deliver them to you. And you must do to them all that I've commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Heard these words before? Of course we did in the book of Joshua and, of course, quoted in the New Testament. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. All right? So we saw in Joshua chapter 3, how the, the, the ark went into the, the water ahead of them. God saying, I will go ahead of you. The presence, the ark being the presence, God himself going ahead of you, crossing over this transition. Right? We saw again in Joshua chapter 1, and Joshua chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 5, you know, as they crossed over, how the Lord promised them that he would bring them victory and, uh, and he would lead them. So the Lord is saying, in this time of transition, this time of crossing over, I'm going to go ahead of you, and I'm going to give you the victory. I am going to give you the victory. Who's giving the victory? God is giving us the victory. It's God's purpose. It's his intention for us in this time to give us victory. He's not crossing over, leading us into a place where we can get killed. All right? This was the judgment that came against the people who were unbelieving. Oh, God has taken us out of slavery, out of the bondage of Egypt, and he's brought us into the wilderness because there weren't enough graves in Egypt. It's like he wanted to bring us here so he could kill us. Really? God did all those miracles just so that he could wipe you out? Yet, 
don't get into that crazy thinking of unbelief that goes to this point of despair and, oh, it's doom and gloom and we're done for. And, and God's, you know, he's just going to wipe us out. No. He's bringing us out of bondage, out of slavery, and he's going to bring us in the season of crossing over that we might come into a place of victory. It's his plan. It's his purpose for us. He's going to lead us in victory. He's going to give us the victory. All right? I'm going to preach myself happy. And um, I've got a whole bunch of scriptures and not a lot of time. All right. In Deuteronomy chapter 20. Okay? This is now Moses. Okay? As he's handing over things to, to Joshua, to the people. And he's saying to them, listen, you're going to cross over. But let me just give you a little bit of a pep talk here. This is what God is going to do. When you go to war against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them. We're in Deuteronomy 20. Because the Lord your God, who brought you up out of Egypt, will be with you. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. Sounds like what I'm doing today. He will say, Hear Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted. Or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to give you victory. God is going ahead of you to give you victory. That's his plan, that's his purpose, that's his intention. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, Verse 29, then the Lord said to you, do not be terrified, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and now in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. This is now the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy. And Moses is doing a recap of how God brought them out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, into the wilderness. And he's saying, listen, God gave you victory. This is, this is what he was, he's doing. All right? This is his nature. This is his purpose. Okay. Now we move on to Exodus 34. This is the promise that God gave to them. He said, I will drive out nations before you. What am I going to do? I'm going to drive out nations before you. I'm going to enlarge your territory. Hey, this sounds a bit like kingdom. Enlarge your territory. And no one will covet your land when you go up three times each year to appear before the Lord your God. Okay, so this is Moses speaking to the people of Israel, giving them what God has said, that they should celebrate these festivals and these feasts. They should appear before the Lord. And even as they're doing so, guess what? God is so intent on keeping the victory for you that even when you go to worship, even when you go on holiday, because that's what these festivals were. It was like the ancient holidays. They would go and feast and relax and chill and eat the spoils of the land. That sounds like holiday, right? They went to go and put on the full, oh, not kind of armor of God, the full provision of God. They packed it on. They went and they had feasts and festivals. And God's saying, even when you go to have a feast and a festival and a time of worship, I'm actually going to protect 
the boundaries. You're gonna, I'm going to enlarge the boundaries and then I'm going to protect you. All right? Next, in Deuteronomy 7, the Lord your God will drive out these nations before you little by little. You will not be allowed to eliminate them all at once. All the wild animals will multiply around you. Folks, this for me, when I saw the scripture many, many, many years ago, it just like hit me between the eyes because it gave to me an understanding of what's going on. You know, how come when they went into the promised land, God didn't sort out all of their ites, tights, and kites? You know, all those different nations that were there. Why didn't God just remove them all at once? But God told them long beforehand. He said, little by little, all right, so that they would actually be in a place of being um, on the front foot, being alert, not being fat cat lazy, all right? They would always have an opportunity to trust God, to look to God for His deliverance, His victory, His working in their lives, all right? Because many of us, we, we look around and say, wow, you know, Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He rose again. He conquered sin and death. He got the victory, got the keys. He went up to heaven. And uh, before he went, he said, listen, guys, all authority has been given to me. Now I'm giving it to you. Now go for it and, you know, take the kingdom on. And like, well, how come we got all this trouble in the world right now? I mean, surely it should all have been dealt with. Hey, it's the same principle. Little by little, I'm going to drive them out. And I'm going to use you guys in partnership with God giving you the victory. All right, there's this co-laboring with God. I mean, he said, I'm giving you this land. Now, actually, go get up and fight for it. Now, what is it? It's both. Hey, yes. God causes the enemy to get into a panic and a tizzy and all the rest of it, all of the shaking goes on, right? So God creates, he sends the hornet and he stings them. And I was going to say he stings the whatever out of them. But God goes ahead and he causes all things to shift and change and, and, and to, to, in a sense, to, uh, to be loosened so that it can be moved out of the way. But he also says, now rise up and actually go and take it. So there's this partnering with God. He's giving, but we need to actually take the possession. And we as the church of God, little by little, God is driving out the enemy. We're seeing this, 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 you know, this light and dark and this clash of all these things. If you want to focus on the darkness, if you want to focus on what the enemy's doing, look, there's plenty evidence. And some Christians, unfortunately, have got so caught up with all the negativity, they think, oh, this is what God's doing. No, God is, is highlighting to us, listen, that what the enemy is doing needs to be dealt with. So let's get on and deal with it. And little by little, we're going to push him out. We're here to take over. All right, a couple of happy people here. So just as we look at a bit of an overarching understanding of the scriptures, God's prophetic picture, how he dealt with the people of Israel. He took them out of Egypt into the wilderness, actually was through the wilderness, in order that they could go into the promised land. All right, He took them from the land of not enough to the land of just enough to the land of more than enough. All right, Not enough. 
getting supplies from their taskmasters. They were enslaved. Then they go into the wilderness, the land of just enough manna, just enough for each day. Into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, harvest time, abundance, increase. So God's intention is always to take us prophetically from slavery through all the way into the promised land, the place of abundance, the place of more than enough. He wants to take us from a place of slavery and only just surviving, and he wants to bring us into a place of freedom and a place of thriving. That's his plan and his intention for us. Always has been. It still is his plan and purpose for us. All right? And so as we look at at the whole context the overarching view prophetically that God gave to us through his dealings with the people of God. Corinthians tells us that everything is written there for our instruction and to encourage us that we might know what God's plans and purposes are. So we look at the overall prophetic theme coming out of Egypt into the promised land. He wants to bring us out of a place of not enough slavery, bondage, being hemmed in, being in lockdown, (laughs) into a place of expansion and enlarging and of increase, being established in Him. It's always that we might be in this place of promised land. And it's in the promised land in, in our lifetime. Bit by bit, we're going to take the promised land. All right? Remember, the people of God, they did have it in measure, but then it would increase generation by generation. It would increase in large from Saul to David, increasing Solomon. All right? That's the biblical intention for us, to increase and enlarge the borders up to what God says. All right? And um, so we're going to be part of that, part of that understanding, part of that mindset. So in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11, says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. And all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom of the Lord, for you are exalted as head above all. All right, can you see that thing of victory? God wants to lead us in, in victory. All right, and um, let's just see if I've got one more scripture for you. How about Isaiah 9 as we bring our time this morning to a close? Isaiah 9, you know, we we read the scripture often at Advent, Christmas time, but it's actually meant to be the, the understanding of what God's plan and purpose is for us. Why did Jesus come? Obviously, it was a, a prophetic word released by Isaiah, fulfilled in measure in and through Jesus, and continues to be fulfilled in and through us as, as his people here on earth. Isaiah 9 verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase or the greatness of his government, And of the increase of his peace, there will be no end. 
He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. All right? Just absolutely beautiful. Verse 7, of the increase of his rule and his government, there's no end. In other words, it's an increasing increase. It's an expanding increase. And this goes on forever and ever and ever. All right. So as we think about Hebrews 12, that he is giving to us an unshakable kingdom. Right? Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken might remain. And we are receiving this unshakable kingdom. Of the increase of his kingdom, there's no end. It's increasing. God is on the up. The devil is on the down. God's plan, purpose, and intention is to be victorious. And if we're on God's side, and we are, because we've been adopted into the family, we've been included in the people of God. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people. You're the people of God. Chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, the people of God. We are his people. We're in him. We're on his side. This is a family business. And the family business is about kingdom takeover. And his kingdom is expanding. We are receiving an unshakable kingdom. A lot of shaking going on, but not the kingdom. What's happening? Ripe opportunity for the kingdom to advance and expand in these days. Do not. All right. Do you remember that passage we read earlier? The priest would stand up and say, do not be afraid. Do not be disheartened. God's giving you the victory. It's going to be okay. All right. Breakthrough. Do not be afraid. Do not give in to all the stuff that's on Facebook. Don't jump into all these conspiracy theories. And do not think that the devil is winning. Do not be afraid. Because God is giving us the victory. Why? Because it's part of his overarching eternal plan and purpose. And if you're in the family, you just happen to be on the winning side. Praise the year. Oh, come on. All right, come on. We're going to close our time in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. You are the victorious one. Thank you that you triumphed over the enemy on the cross. He thought he was going to win. <laughs> but you outsmarted him. And for all eternity, you will be victorious. And because we are in you, we too are part of the victorious ones. Thank you, Lord, even as we look through the, the broad sweep of, of the Bible and, and, and what, you, what you proclaimed, what you were saying, your intentions were that started as of old. We're going we're gonna to see as we step into the new covenant, it continues into the new. But it was always for increase and always for victory. Thank you, Lord, that we called 
to be a victorious people. Well, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, let this eternal truth be established in our hearts and our minds. That we would not be shaken, we would not be disturbed. When we see the shakings run about us, we would recognize what are the parts we need to hold on to. Those are the parts that are unshakable. Let's hold on to those things. And all this other stuff, let it go. Let it go. But let us stand firm on you. You are our solid rock. You are our firm foundation. Holy Spirit, let that settle in our hearts today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. So good. Yeah. Just want to pray for those at home who um, just been suffering a bit of pain. Um, yeah, not feeling so well. I, it just, uh, I know that a number of people have been uh, affected by coronavirus. Um, uh, as you've been telling up, I think it's about 10 people or so in, in Breakthrough that have um, had the coronavirus, and every single one of them have come through. Some of the people with comorbidities, whatever it is, come, come through. Uh, know that it's a struggle and a strain, so we're not saying this is a nothing. No, but we're trusting in the Lord that He would carry us. So if you've got any pain or any symptoms, whatever, in your body, let's just trust the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. You, on the cross, gained victory over sickness and disease. By your stripes, we're healed. So we say, thank you, Lord, that the power of the blood is still powerful. Powerful to heal that you are our healer. So, Lord, would you release healing to everyone where there's pain in bodies, be removed right now in that powerful name of Jesus. Pain leave. Thank you, Lord. Let a surge of health come to your family, to your people right now. A healing come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, even as we were praying earlier for food security, that there be no one in the family who goes hungry Thank you, Lord, for, for miracles. We thank you, Lord, for the multiplication of food. We thank you, Lord, for jobs and better jobs. Thank you, Lord, for opportunities that we might earn an income, that we might be able to get food. We thank you, Lord, that you're taking care of us, that you are our provider. We look to you because you are a good, good father. We bless you. Amen. Amen. Super. Thanks, family, for joining. Thanks to those who are with us this morning. Just, just been so good. And again, thank you to our technical team. Just a great, great job. And uh, bless you guys. Uh, look forward to your company again soon. Blessings.